Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us, we have Rui Race of Wetu Oitu based out of the London over in the UK. Rui, how are we today, sir? What's going on? Hello, all good, thank you. Uh, excited to be, to be here. I'm excited to have you as well. I'm excited to get your perspective on this, and it's, it's, I'm sure it's somewhat unique with the background you have, but it's probably unique to how we tend to operate businesses here in the States, so I'm, I'm looking forward to picking your brain on this now. Context is important to all this, Rui. Before we talk business and strategy, tell us a little bit about Oitu. What is this business? What is it? What do you actually do? So Oitu was born um, in Portugal um, more than around 15 years ago. Uh, he, uh, the brand came with the idea of giving the image of, of movement, of uh, uh, lifestyle. Uh, so I use the number eight. So oito means eight in Portuguese. Uh, and I use the, the number eight on the horizontal to replicate the infinite loop, uh, which again uh, represents uh, uh, not an end point in your approach to health and fitness, but a, a continuous uh, approach. Um, then I moved to, to the UK and as kept operating uh, uh, my business from here. Yeah, and so take us back a little bit here. You mentioned that it originated in Portugal at some point in time, moved to the UK. What was the timeline there? How long was it uh, a project in Portugal before you moved to the UK? So in Portugal was around two years. Okay. Two years there, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I had no idea about business by then. <laughs> <laughs> Not unique to you. That's quite common. No idea. Uh, you know, it's like I finished my master's. Uh, I studied a bit more in the, into the, 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 to the uh, human body and I saw, wow, okay, I'm ready for this. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't. Uh, so it was, <laughs> uh, it was a learning process. And, yeah. um, so then I wanted to learn more. So that was why I moved to the UK. So I thought in uh, London, I'm going to learn with every single trainer. They're going to, everyone's going to be amazing. And I'm going to learn in the big city. I was wrong as well. <laughs> oh, for two so far. Okay. Yeah. So, but he being, when then I decided to move to the UK, I, I, I started working in a big gym uh, where you pay a ridiculous, stupid rent uh, and you have no support or close to none. And so, you, you I mean, you just have to, to get on with it. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. you have to pay and you have to get on with it. So you just make it work uh, and you learn along the way. Uh, obviously, I learned the hard way and the long way. Uh, yeah. Everyone that listens to this podcast that started as a personal trainer knows exactly what you're talking about, by the way. So yeah. I think yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. spot on there. You don't know where you place yourself in the market. You have no uh, conscious of 
what's your brands, what do you offer, what's your mission, what's your values, like all the basic things in business, you have no idea. Uh, so you have to learn that uh, if you want to succeed. And that's like that's the basic things uh, that uh, I've learned uh, quite early, but the hard way. Yeah. And so it's been quite a evolution for you as the business owner of this from a 30,000 foot view within your time of running this business so far, what's been your absolute favorite part about being a business owner? And then as a follow-up, what's been the most challenging part about being a business owner? I think the, my favorite part is being my own boss. Mm -hmm. That's from a business perspective. The other side is actually uh, how rewarding it is to help people. So I think that's the two main motivations uh, of having my own my own company. Uh, the hardest thing was definitely how, how should I put it? I mean, again, it's hard to say just one, but definitely learning the business side of things. I think that's normally they don't teach you that in uni. They don't teach you that in in a, nope. the average uh, course. Uh, so that was yeah, that was a that was a, a a path, and the mentality of the industry itself it was is very challenging as well. I see, and spot on. I mean, that's that's part of why this podcast exists is because so many people in our industry have a tough time with the, the business side. It's not taught in college curriculum. It's not taught in many personal training certification courses, or there's, there's few resources for it. Fast forward us a little bit now. I want to, I want to pick your brain and, and hear about your experience through the last two plus years with COVID and, and how that affected you in the UK. How does your business look now as compared to 2019 or so? Has that been a recovery process? Has that, how, how does it look? I'm being busiest than ever. Okay. Optimistic. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, that's a fact. It's yeah. a fact. <laughs> it's uh, so when COVID hits, it, you know, is as as on site uh, uh, service. You just think, okay, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. Uh, this is going to be tricky. And yeah. again, when you really need to do something, you just do it. And mm -hmm. I had to adjust my business model. Uh, and uh, I mean, you work really well. I'm 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 fully booked. Um, I have. I can't take anyone else and I'm super busy, um, in that sense. So, so it's typically a good problem to have. Yeah, right? yeah, it is a good problem. It's, uh, so now I just open spaces every few months. Um, but yeah, it's great. I mean, I can't complain. I just, uh, the, the process was a bit challenging in the beginning because it's something new and, and no one experienced. So you kind of, yeah. talk with friends and and colleagues and you kind of assess what's going on what's the what's the mood and um you just create solutions for the for the problem 
Yep. And so for context, for, for people listening here, the model of this, the majority of what you do is in the one-on-one personal training sense, correct? Yeah, fully one-on-one. So I, I did have a period where I tried small group training, okay. uh, but again, it was a learning curve because uh, the, in my opinion, the service and the idea was great, but I underestimate uh, how much marketing uh, budget I needed uh-huh. and underestimated how unprepared the, the general population is to a medium range service. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's an education in that sense and they didn't see the value in it. Uh, so I, I tried that avenue and it was a bit challenging. Uh, so I just now stick with what I do well and that's one-on-one. The one-on-one relatively that's- higher ticket service, yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah, correct. What's been working for you from a marketing standpoint to attract the one-on-one type of avatar? Because as you as you mentioned, the demographic is probably a little bit different for a one-on-one service and, and the affluence required for that versus semi-private or even larger group style training. What's been what's been effective for you to find some leads in that category? It it's completely different. Um, to be honest the best or wherever I get more business from is referrals. Okay. I've always been that and uh, my website, mm-hmm. search engine. Um, I mean, it's, it works really well for me, the referral system. Uh, I have, uh, uh, and, and it becomes, it just turns everything easier. I've learned along the way that if you have a good service, and you deliver what you you supposed to deliver, uh, you're gonna have that that uh, uh, source of referrals. Um, you just have to nail it, and you need to adjust then your your sales speech to 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 that situation, per se. Yeah, I think it's important to to note here because of what we mentioned before, personal training as a service comparatively is more expensive than others. Yeah. The people that do personal training typically know other people that have the money to do personal training. Right? Yeah. They have friends that have this level of affluence. And so referrals make sense, right? Yeah. If yeah. we're delivering a high quality service, it's natural that they're going to want to share it with friends, family, coworkers, whoever it may be. I want to pick your brain because you mentioned the the marketing budget earlier. Have you attempted to spend money on any kind of formal advertising for the one-on-one or was that just for the small group? Uh, Yeah. On one-on-one I I, I've done in the past. Um, The thing is when you, and I was actually, I I have a, 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 one of my clients, he was, he was asking me, uh, he has like an old school, I have a huge company, but is it like an old school kind of, kind of business guy? And he's asking me, Rui, like in the office, they're telling me about working with social media. What do you think about that? And I'm like, it doesn't work for me. And he's like, why? It's like, it's fitness. You know, you show your workouts and, uh, and uh, you know, you take your top off. And, uh, <laughs> 
and I, and I, and I reply to that's you. That's simple. What do you it, mean? It, it, it's not that simple. Secondly, my target audience, and I was talking with this guy, which is his mid sixties. Uh, it's, it's you, it's like late thirties, early forties to mid sixties. And they're quite serious. I cannot imagine one of my clients happy for me to post him exercising on social media, not even one. And they'll probably sue me if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't that's want to on social media. And, and, and I was like, yeah, exactly. So I did try social media uh, advertising in the past. It didn't work. Uh, the only thing that got me some referrals was uh, AdWords. Um, on Google, I see. Yeah, uh, because the, yeah, my clients, always, they're not going on Instagram and scroll and see, oh, look at this guy, he's ripped. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text him. They, yep. They're not going to do that. It's, it's important to keep in mind, any marketing conversation that we have, it's important to keep in mind who we're marketing to. Yes, right? yes. This is incredibly important for us to establish yeah. before we decide on any kind of strategy. Exactly, exactly. If, like, our, if our avatar is professional, put together kind of person, is social media a viable route? Potentially, potentially but how we put that into place is vastly different. It's not shirtless pictures. It's not whoever XYZ clientele willing to be part of an ad, right? We need to, yeah. we need to adapt the strategy. Yeah, yeah it has bit. to be very, very targeted. And, and, and obviously, I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't work at all. It's just because for me, it works so well, the referral system, I don't have the need to go to try try to find that my niche on social media and i don't even use it that much to be honest yeah now take us to the next step in the process right we're signing people up for one-on-one -on -one personal training tell me a little bit about the sales process when someone reaches out rui i'm interested in working with you What's that process typically like for them to eventually sign up? Uh, so normally we sit down and have a conversation, uh, which I let them talk and then I, I, I listen and I, I tailor my speech to their needs. Um, so that's really important. Just listen. Don't, I don't, I don't see, I think there's this urge to, oh, but you get this and you get that and I do this and I do that. and. They don't care. They, they, as, as a client, they want their needs to be fulfilled and you can only assure that when you listen and understand what they actually want and need. So it's, it's kind of a balancing Okay, Okay. You want this, you actually might need a bit that. So you kind of, you, you don't express that you, you, you mm -hmm. think that, uh, any, you tailor than the the speech for, for, for what, what they're telling you. Uh, so we have a little conversation. Uh, uh, I answer any questions they have. Then at some point I explain my process. Um, and, and then you close the deal there. You cannot say, oh yeah, let's talk next week and see, you have to close the deal there. Yeah. What I'm hearing and correct me if I'm wrong, there's, a much more collaborative process. They're a part of this. They're talking about their wants and their needs and, and what's worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. 
before you start talking about anything. We're not pitching. We're not forcing a product on them. And, and by nature of what you do, it's a little bit more tailored and, and customizable to their need anyway, so that we can craft that on the fly. But I, I really appreciate the sentiment right there at the end of, at some point we need to seal the deal, right? We yeah. need to solidify this relationship move forward beyond that we've got a client signed up and as you mentioned before i'm totally booked and, and don't have a ton of capacity as far as the retention piece of this for we what keeps your clients long term how are you able to stay full my job <laughs> that's what they pay for gotcha it is i mean my retention is actually decent i've been training people for 10 years um so i there's there's so i have like to explain this i have to to go into a bit of what i do niche wise in terms of services because i i normally pick people up in that gray area between physio and gym they don't know they kind of the physio say go to the gym uh, exercise, you need to exercise now. And they kind of underconfidence to what to do in the gym and they still feel kind of niggles and pain. So I specialize in biomechanics and uh, neuroscience applied to uh, exercise. So I, I pick them where they still cannot move very well or they have some kind of niggle. And I progress them all the way to full fitness, like let's say traditional training or or, or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, and normally it's that's when when I have that continuum, I that's where I have the biggest retention. And yeah. I always I also have that client that comes for a referral and says, like my friend told me, like he was in pain for 10 years and you fixed him and and uh, I just want to get fixed. And then they go on their own journey um so those more injury app uh clients they uh they have a, a like a live spam in a sense of client sure. retention and I'm, I'm 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 counting with that already uh, yeah there's I'm, a solidified end period yes I'm, I'm expecting that uh but a lot of them they do stay uh, for a long time because sure. there's that yeah. transition to, to full fitness and why do they stay I believe and 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 uh, I mean it's been a lot of years testing uh, it's the experience and the jokes and the jokes obviously this is <laughs> my immense personality uh, keeps them keeps them coming yeah and so the their experience you're saying not not your professional experience their experience right. training their experience. with you yes 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 that's, that's i think that's that's key to any 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 kind of business uh it's the experience you have uh it sometimes doesn't even matter so much the the result per se as long as there's some kind of i mean you have to show something there's got to be progress in some you, you have to show yeah. something, but in a sense of if you don't get there in two months, you get there in six months. If you're having a good time, you're going to stick around. Yeah, worth it. It's worth it. It's like, you know what? 
I feel good. I feel healthier. I know I'm doing something for for myself. I'm feeling that my goal is 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 closer. Mm-hmm. You won't make any difference one more month doing this because I actually enjoy right. it. Right. And I think that's that's really important. And I don't think there's a lot of people in our industry thinking about that. Uh, by my experience, at least, I might be wrong. Yeah. Oh, uh, I I agree with you there. I think we get caught up a lot on the specific number on the scale or how much weight is on a barbell or whatever the, the metric that we're measuring, but there's that intangible yeah. component that you're talking about too. Yeah. And there is, there's, I see any, that's, that's a rabbit hole and it's for the client and for the, the trainer is going in, in obsessed with, okay, you have to leave more next week. You have to wait less next week. And things are not so linear like that. I think uh, one of the things I do, I, I do reassess from a, either a biomechanic points or a body composition point. I do regular assessments to, to, to be able oh, to yeah. picture. Yeah, we have to have some sort of objective marker. Yes, yes. And that, it, to be honest, that's one thing I, 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 I set up on a, on a consultation is how do you want to measure your progress? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I mean, I can dictate, okay, we're going to do a fitness test. We're going to do a, a max strength test, whatever test is, I can do a neural response test, whatever it is. Yeah. If it doesn't appeal to the client, like, I don't care. Like, I, I don't care how much I lift. Why, why are we going to do that? Yeah. So meaningless. I have to tailor that to the client. They sure. have to enjoy and they have to feel part of a process. Hmm. Because if they don't feel like, oh, no, I'm just doing what this dude is telling me to do, they're not going to stick around. Right. Spot on and and well said. Now, Rui, our our entire conversation here has been geared around where do we get leads from, how do we convert them, and how do we keep them? But the the traditional challenge for the one-on-one personal trainer as you run your business is that at a certain point, we only have so many hours in the day and can only serve so many people. Mm-hmm. As you look forward, what is the future of Oitu? Do you think that you'll get back to doing that small group training at some point? Are we happy with being full with one-on-one training? What is the, what is the future hold for you? That's a good question. Um, I don't think I'll be back to the group uh, sessions. Um, mainly because I want to say this, I'm not intent to offend anyone, but I don't believe as much in fitness classes as on one-on-one in a sense of, I think they're good if they make people move and be more health conscious and affect more people. That's fine. That's completely fine. Yep. When it comes to optimize the results, I think a one-on-one is more efficient than a fitness class. And therefore, I feel more comfortable delivering something that I have more control and can personalize more than something that I don't. Yeah. That, that, so that, maybe maybe the solution isn't necessarily 20 people in a boot camp, but is there is there a possibility of quote-unquote semi-private, one-on three, one on four, somewhere in Potentially, there. potentially. Yeah. Right. I, it's not something I, I, um, I'll be focused on. I, I do enjoy actually. And I, after experience that I do enjoy the one-on-one more, 
-hmm. So I'll focus on that. And uh, obviously there's uh, uh, only as much as I can do as a, as a one-on-one. Um, but I'm happy with that. Yeah. I, I think that's to... important to keep in mind. I think yeah. the, the marker, as you said with your clients, the marker that we measure needs to be what you want out of this, not necessarily what exactly. every, I, every Instagram guru says that you should be doing. I, I, I ask, I've been asked that a lot of times, I thought you want to escalate. Why do you do put trainers under you? And you know what? I don't want to manage people first. This is your business or we can guess, do exactly. you want with it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's nothing wrong with a business that manage people. Nothing wrong with it. I just personally, I don't want to. I, I do, thank God, touch wood, uh, I have a good living out of it. And it's kind of an autopilot there. So I don't have a lot of headaches. And for the time being, I'm going to remain like that. It doesn't mean that in the future I'm not escalate the, the business, but for the time being, I'm, I'm enjoying it like this. So uh, that's, that's how I intend to stay for a while now. I think if you ask any business owner, not even specific to fitness, but any business owner, when they start their business, what's the ultimate goal of this? And I think the vast majority of the time, you would hear that. You would yeah. hear, I want to be on autopilot. I want to be able to do the things that I enjoy doing. I want to make a decent living. And this checks a lot of boxes for you right now, Rui. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> we're, I mean, just as important to look at some of the things that can we improve? Can we tinker? Can we make it a little bit better? Probably. I'm sure there's always something oh, yeah, yeah, do always. a little bit better, but at the same time, be proud of, of the work that we've put into this business, because I'm sure it didn't start that way. The, the oh, day no. that you arrived in oh, London, no. it wasn't. It I wasn't remember this... doing 7 AMs and 8 PMs and have a big yeah. gap in the middle of the day. And that sucked. Yeah. And, and so the, the question that I originally asked, what's the future hold of this completely viable answer is a little bit more of what I'm doing now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I'm always open to change, you know, it, it, at the moment, I'm really happy like this. Um, that's, that's important here. Yeah. If you have your own business, it's the goal is to be happy. Yeah, it's yeah. To, uh, to achieve that. And then at the moment, and there's I, no uh, shortage of stories of people that have grown huge businesses and multi locations and then end up hating it. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a bit like we, we have like society and like the peer pressure say, Oh, no, 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 we have to be like a huge company and million dollar company. And that, don't get me wrong. If you make that money, it's great. And I'm happy for you. I think it's amazing and it's very hard to do that. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it. I admire that. But in the other hand, I don't see that's nothing wrong either with uh, make a good living. You have a nice lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You do what you want. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great. As I've, well. never, I've never met anyone that if offered the ability to make more money, they'd be against it. But we have to keep in mind what's the trade-off. Right. Oh, yeah. What do I have to yeah. invest into it to get to that? So all of these things, important thought experiments, at least. Rui, that's a fantastic place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. But before we get out of here, why don't you tell the people listening 
where they can learn a little bit more about OI2. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go? Yes. So uh, probably the best place is the website. It's oi2.com, O-I-T-O-O.com. Uh, and then you, you have the links for uh, social media, Instagram, uh, and so on. Uh, I do have a little blog there that I post sometimes. Uh, and um, anything you just, you know, anyone that has just want to have a chat or have any questions, I'm always open to to, to share experiences and uh, create connections. So feel free to yeah. reach out. I can't thank you enough. I think this type of conversation amongst business owners is, is incredibly important to keep in mind that A, you're not alone out there and B, there's many, many different ways to, to operate this. And at the end of the day, this is your business. Entrepreneurship is designed to allow you to make the rules. And so I can't thank you enough for contributing to that conversation, Rui. I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was uh, really good. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Sai Vash from Six Packs Gym in Los Angeles, California. What's up, Sai Vash? How are you today? Good morning, good morning. I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic and excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. All right, so let's jump right into the details here, wasting no time. What is it that made you want to get started in the fitness industry? What's the background story there? How did this all come about? Absolutely. So I'm originally from Iran when I was growing up and uh, I was born in 80 and bodybuilding was illegal in my country because it was an American sport. So boxing, uh, anything that was American uh, was illegal in Iran because it considered as a Western propaganda. So uh, growing up, I had no idea, nothing about bodybuilding. And I was, my dad was part of the Air Force and it was during a war, 1980, in the 80s war between Iran and Iraq. We were on the borders. It was uh, the only thing we, we were worried about. It was just surviving, waking up uh, the next day uh, with bomb was going off. We were running from all these bombs. And my childhood was uh, basically through that uh, war. And at age of eight, I was watched people getting hanged on the streets. It was, uh, it was a madhouse. So, and I, one day I was doing Taekwondo classes. One day I was playing soccer in the dirt and Mehdi, my friend, showed me a picture of Arnold standing on a beach of Venice Beach, looking large. 
And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> How this guy get like this? And I wanted to be exactly like him. He looked deterrent. Nobody was bullying him. I was a, I was a pretty kid and growing up and I was very small. I was very petite. So I was getting bullied all the time. And that picture got kind of represented the happiness and everything to me. And I, that became my goal life uh, to pursue it. So I, I kind of started training. I didn't know what we were doing. There was no bodybuilding gym in the back of the gym. We were lifting weights. Then I, I was around 17, 18. I was going to university. Unfortunately, I got cancer in my right eye. And in Iran, they couldn't treat it. So and they told me this is pretty much the end. So uh, I had my dad. Had 100, we were pretty, <laughs> really poor. And he gave me $100. So I left my country illegally. I left, went through Europe, went sleeping in pizza shop. Uh, under the oven in a restaurant you name it I, I worked in Europe but unfortunately and I was I, I, kept, I kept training uh, and kept dreaming training and pushing and bodybuilding just that that was a light in my life uh, uh, basically keep pushing me forward uh, in England we were refugees really people were not pretty nice to us and they didn't want to stay it was a very bad environment it's just a everything that it was in my head from the West, it was kind of crashed because I said, here I am with the Iranian government. And then we run away from it. We go to Europe and people were not welcoming us. So I said, you know what, forget this. I'm going to go to America, chase my dream, become Arnold. So I bought a fake passport and I jumped, I came to America. They arrested me for terrorism. They put me in prison for maximum security prison for one year. So I was in prison and getting uh, interviewed CIA, FBI, and you name it, taking me six, seven hours a day with no food interviewing me and telling me where I, maybe I'm a part of a, a terrorist organization. After almost a year, they find out, uh, no, I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm nobody, not doing anything bad. So they let, and I got out of the uh, prison. I'm, I'm homeless walking in the street of Chicago. So I, I called one of my cellmates. He took me home for, I stayed there for two, three months till I got my uh, social security. And then I got to catch a train. I came to California. I said, I'm going to be Arnold. I'm not going to let that go. So I came to California. I was homeless, walking in the street, uh, started working as a security job for uh, two, three years. But I was bodybuilding pretty hardcore. Now I was here at Gold's Gym. And Mr. Peter Longwood, he was training me. I, was, I competed. I was fully on. And I was my goal was to become Mr. Olympia. And uh, in England, I trained at Doreen Yates Gym, at Temple Gym. So I, here, I felt like in America, most of the gym were commercialized. They were kind of lost that vibe, what I thought, what I watched in Iran, what I looked at. So I said to myself, it would be a dream if I can open my own. So I had a little unemployment money, less than about $3,000. So uh, I rented a place. I paid the guy 1900 bucks, and there was nothing. It was just one room. I had no uh, equipment, nothing. But I knew a lot how to tra train because no equipment back home as well. So I started training people, getting one, people were walking and said, what is going on here? Where's the gym? I said, this is the gym. I said, where's the equipment? There was no equipment. <laughs> there is a bar and a couple of dumbbells. So I started training people, doing one-on-one session. My goal wasn't to, to be honest, to help people or to change people's life. None of that stuff. It was My goal was to have a dungeon so I can train, be a Mr. Olympia, and not get distracted with girls. So I just wanted to be there and train. But then along the way, I saw people changing and they're praising me on Yelp. They're praising me on everywhere. They're saying, you're changing my life, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't believe it because what they wanted was so simple. They want to get down to 12% body fat. And here I am trying to get to 3% body fat. So it was such an easy to help them. And then, but I couldn't get ahead. My system was wrong. I was doing one-on-one -on -one session. It was just always make and meet. 
And then one of my clients, I met him, his name is Daniel Rosen. He came in and he told me, I think you're doing the business wrong. And I said, oh, this, how does this guy know? He's, he's not a bodybuilder. And at the beginning, I was resistant to it. And, uh, but he told me, uh, you, you got to start charging people a monthly so people can afford it. So we start changing the system at the gym. And man, that's when I started in the gym and start growing. I tripled my income. I started attracting more people. I started hanging out with more, more business-minded uh, people. And uh, that motivated me. And uh, Daniel told me that this is a very, very strong business. What you have here, you're doing a great job so you can take it to the next level. So that kind of motivated me and I believed in myself and the gym. And my route changed from being becoming a Mr. Olympia world champion to becoming this a gym owner. And uh, I pushed it. And now we are in a great place. Um, the gym is making, it's a machine. It's made, I have a great team. Uh, we are, a, it was a little gas station. I turned it to a, a gym. Uh, and through COVID, uh, we only basically had about 400 square foot outside in the parking lot because this is California uh, 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 rule were pretty restrict, but we're producing about a million, million dollar a year from that little gas station. And um, right now, to be honest, my life is so beautiful. I'm, I'm living that all that I dream. I'm here in LA right next to the beach, my house. And uh, I have everything that I always dreamed of. I mean, more than what I, I dreamed of. So my life is beautiful. And now here I am trying to give back as much as I can. <laughs> wow, that's an amazing story. That's, that's the American dream, right? <laughs> I mean, that is... I'm living it. Absolutely. I'm living it. Absolutely. I'm wow. It. Good for you. That's amazing. You know, Thank it just so uh, really puts into perspective, you know, so many people take for granted what they have, you know, Absolutely. and not a lot of people have to, I mean, there are a lot of people in other countries that do have to, um, experience a lot of the things that you did. And, you know, a lot of times people just don't, don't realize how lucky they are you know, and in the situations that they're in, you know, so I'm sure that that um, gives yeah. a, a lot of the listeners a lot of perspective, you know, so absolutely. thank and you for sharing that. Absolutely. And that's my goal to share these stories, uh, just to motivate them to say, hey, uh, we have everything here. It's amazing. It's just, uh, I'm just fascinated how, how much uh, how much support and this country and people here. It's, a, it's just beautiful how much help you can get here. And uh, I, that's why I share my story, Tom. Hey, it, it is possible to start from nothing. <laughs> here I am <laughs> proving you that it, it, it is possible to start yeah. absolutely from nothing. Absolutely. I love that. That's amazing. I mean, Thank hats you. off to you. That's <laughs> <appreciate> amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> So now, as far as your business model goes within your facility today, how do you structure things? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? Kind of walk us through what the model looks like. Absolutely. Our gym is very small. So as I said, it's a little gas station and I converted to a, a gym. Uh, it's about, and the floor that we have is about 800 square foot and we are geared toward personal training. So we are not open to public. So all these classes run as a semi-private. People up to six people in a class six for six packs in the name of the gym. And uh, we do one-on-one, but not as much because we feel like uh, we like to keep people uh, to stay in the system and stay with us for a longer period of time so they can afford it and they get better results that way. Of course, we train people one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but mostly our focus is on a uh, semi-private. We either train people and our session, all our sessions 
are running a 30-minute session. And I came up with that system uh, when I opened the gym about 12 years ago because I didn't have enough equipment. I didn't know what to do. So I do 30 minutes, and I believe in HIT style. That's how I train with Dorian Yates and everybody. So uh, and that's a 30-minute session all out, and it's all weightlifting. Uh, you come here to, to look good. We're basically a bodybuilding gym. You come to us to look good. But people mm -hmm. who come to us are busy professionals who basically don't have much of a time. And the sessions are 30 minutes and twice a week or three times a week, depending on their level, uh, how much they can handle, how much they can get beat up, and, of course, recover from that. But that is a very basic uh, thing. And they're all on a monthly recurring planning. And it's a, you can cancel at any time. You can get out at any time and we refund them at any time they want. Uh, so we make it as flexible as possible for our client because uh, the avatar that we're going after are busy professionals. They're constantly traveling. They, um, they basically have a hectic schedule. So we don't want to add the headache to theirs. We want to basically help them. And uh, that's why we have such a flexible system. And we are very, very popular in this corner that where we are, Cobra City, we pretty much dominating this area. That's awesome. And how many members are you currently serving, clients or members? We are, and we are close to 300 clients right now. We're close to 300 clients. And I have a team of six people that run in the gym, five trainers okay. and one operator, which basically glues everything together. Awesome. Okay. So are you involved in the gym um, pretty heavily on a daily basis or what does your role look like now? Um, before COVID, I was the man doing it all. <laughs> that guy who does <laughs> the, the, play the piano, do the saxophone, does it all. As of now, to be honest, I don't do absolutely nothing. Uh, my focus is completely, um, the gym is kind of set up and it's running like a machine. I have, uh, uh, we have put the system in place. All the, uh, everything has been, uh, pro all the process has been documented. So now it can be a skill. Before it was all depend on me. Uh, now we don't have that problem anymore. Of course, I'm, I'm involved because I'm the face of the gym. I'm kind of a, uh, my story. And of course, the other stuff is uh, helping the gym. So I'm always there kind of showing my face. But as far as training people or dealing with any, uh, any of the, uh, the gym stuff, I don't. I, of course, I look at the big picture of my marketing and uh, uh, seeing where we are going. Uh, I'm right now sitting on a passenger seat and enjoying the ride. Uh, yes. And what, what, what my goal is right now is, to be honest, to teach other people to start a little gym in the garage and uh, just start training people. Don't make it mm -hmm. too complicated just the way I started it. So last, uh, since COVID happened, the last two, three years, I, uh, when the gym was closed, those three months, I sat in my garage and I wrote my story, my, wrote everything and how I started the gym with nothing to this point that is running like a machine and uh, the book hopefully to help a lot of people to and motivate them to start and uh, basically take action uh, mm -hmm. because that was definitely it six packs <laughs> changed my life and i'm hoping that it does it does for other people too <laughs> yeah absolutely and i mean now you're in a position where you're more in an <laughs> like a, an overview kind of position, right? You were able to step yes. out of the business on a daily basis and focus on the bigger picture, right? Yes. And that's where a lot of gym owners really want to get to. Yes. And a lot of times gyms are lacking the systems, right? So you just said you had, you have systems in place, right? Repeatable sure. systems so that other people can come in and do the job and do it right. You know, Absolutely. and and that's the thing that typically holds gym owners back from getting to the next level because you can't do everything in the gym on a daily 
on a daily basis and then also work on growing the business, right? It's very hard to do both Absolutely. at the same time. Absolutely. I think that sometimes the misunderstanding is here that you are the only one who can do this. Yes. And uh, that you get caught up on that. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, a, I think it's kind of an ego that you feed off of it. That you say, do you think you are the only one? I, I, I was guilty of it for, for a while. But mm-hmm. the sooner you overcome that, the sooner you become a success. So right. I would recommend anybody that listening to this, I know how, I believe how unique you are and unique is your style is, but if you cannot teach other people to do it, you can't scale, you can't step out. Right. Um, so you got to overcome that kind of mindset first. And uh, in my opinion, uh, and then uh, start teaching other people and you'll be amazed, amazed how great other people are. <laughs> so uh, that's where I'm at. I'm stepping back and I'm looking at my uh, team they're doing such a fantastic job. The customers say everything is, is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And I'm just like in awe. So uh, just, I, w- I would highly recommend to people to, uh, to change that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the goal is to actually get people into your gym that are even better than you. Right. And sure. that's hard. That's hard to wrap your mind around, especially in the beginning, you know, when the oh. ego is in play. Oh, it's brutal. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. Brutal. Right. Brutal. I tell you, I was watching people training uh, and a little mistake. I said, oh, no, no, I'm getting back at this. I don't want to, you know. So you have to fight it. You have to fight because you're going to have those urges that you want to get back into the and start going back into train, going backward don't you gotta fight it go in that office close the door and let them do their job the only thing i the only thing i do is coach my coaches i used to coach the clients now my my uh, uh, job my role has shifted completely to make these trainers better than myself that is my only goal if i can make him better than me that's what i want and sometimes you worry about oh what about if he leaves me what about if he goes to them? don't worry don't worry about that you constantly build that you're polishing your own skill to to creating uh leaders creating the best trainers so it doesn't matter who comes and goes and trust me when you teach people like that they won't go anywhere my my team is like solid they they have my back <laughs> they text me most of the time hey, watch, take another day off don't worry everything is good here you know? <laughs> so you will come to that <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely that's like the dream for most gym owners right that's that's, 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 that's the point where they want to get to but a lot of times they have, I like to call them the golden handcuffs, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you have to do everything in the business to maintain where you are, right? And it's like, yes. it's hard to be able to step back and then you can't get to that next level because you're stuck in the business. So that's uh, really good advice for a lot of the listeners out there. So now let's talk about your book. I mean, so now you can do things like this, right? Like <laughs> write books. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that and, um, you know, so what the, it's about and, and why you wrote it. Absolutely. So the, the book is um, basically, as I said, it's kind of a giving back uh, and uh, showing uh, people how it's possible to start from nothing. To start, kind of learn and, and grow it. Uh, basically, I covered every part of it, every single secret that I have, every single thing in detail I've written. It's a kind of a, it's not a motivational book that you read and you know, it's absolute formula. I'm teaching you the formula in this book, how to set up your automation, how to get clients, how to run ads, how to make yourself authority, how to make videos, every single part of the business, how to basically come into the point that you're gonna be a passenger, on a passenger 
how to hire, how to have a clear expectation from employees, how to be transparent with the, your finances, with engaging the, the, uh, the team that are, everyone in your team, it doesn't matter, even if the guy who's cleaning your bathroom should know how much you make and uh, where we're going with this division. So I've, I've written all this in my book to hopefully uh, that will help, not just to inspire, just to help them, guide them exactly how to start and become successful. And uh, and hopefully one day down the road, if they want to, to run a system just like six packs, they're more than welcome to join as well. And then I have the basically, I'm building the other uh, infrastructure for it uh, so people can own a six packs one day. But the main thing for me, if they have the, they start their own gym, it doesn't matter if it's a six pack, it doesn't matter. Just in little town, I want a small gym to go against big commercial gym because they dilute, they kind of, to me, they destroyed my dream. <laughs> they destroyed the bodybuilding dream that I had. I was watching Iran and they took the soul out of it. And these are small gyms are the soul in the community to be training people. We know the kids, we know the crank, we know the, the whole family, the vibe. And through COVID, it, it made me realize how important this little place is to so many people. Uh, so I like people to create that and the, in their neighborhood and just keep training people and we go against the big commercial gym. And I want to show them in that book, do not copy commercial gym style of running system because you will run to the ground. Those guys have big capital behind them. And if you don't have a proper system in your place, you get burned out. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how passionate you are about fitness. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a tough because you're constantly going to be hustling and there's no end to this hustling. And, uh, it's going to put you out of business uh, at one point. Uh, either you lose motivation or you're just not going to have enough money to uh, run the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are so many factors that you learn along the way um, that are so important, you know, that a lot of, a lot of people overlook and that being a really major one of them, you know, a lot of personal trainers that end up becoming gym owners are used to working in those larger corporately owned facilities. And a lot of times kind of want to emulate that same approach, but it doesn't necessarily translate, you know, and another thing to keep in mind there is that a lot of times they're speaking to a different customer than the type of person that you're looking to attract into your facility, perfect. you know? Perfect. perfect. And most of the small gym owners, they think expansion is the answer. So they go and they have a little place to go rent a bigger mm -hmm. place. You just cause the bigger problem. You just right. your overhead. Now you got to fill that space. You got to, so do not go that route. Mm -hmm. Maxim, maximize every inch of your gym. As I said, my gym uh, through whole COVID uh, was, less than 450 square foot outside in a parking lot, just the five benches, that's it with Dumbo and Barbara. And I made a million dollar out of that. And it's, it's not about how much space, it's about the system and about documenting your processes. So you have a repeated, repeated experience. You, you don't want the client coming one day, your trainer are giving amazing job and then the day after come and it's a feel a different experience. So mm -hmm. you need to create a consistent experience for the clients all the time, even if you're not there. So keep that in mind. And before expansion, before making your gym bigger, getting a bigger space, think about, am I doing everything I can with this little place? If mm -hmm. not, do not move. That's, right. one, that's the thing that I really emphasize on. Absolutely. Yeah. Two, two major things there, right? Simple scales, right? Yes. Fancy fails. 
Yes. So keep it right. simple. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. You know, a lot of times people want to overcomplicate things, add in all the bells and whistles, and Absolutely. it gets to be too much. Absolutely. Um, and then like a, even, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but it's, okay. it's so, so much easier for you to explain to your client as well. For example, I'm selling a package I have twice a week or three times a week. That's it. Very simple. You come, you train upper body, you train legs. Very simple. It's clear to your trainer. It's clear to your clients. Everyone knows what they're getting into. So it's uh, don't try to add more and, as you said, make it more fancy because you want to entertain mind. No, actually, you're confusing it. Yes. You're going to create more questions. You're going to create more uh, tasks. And, uh, no, keep it simple, and it will pay off. Mm-hmm. Your job is like, a, as all of you guys, trainers, I know um, all of you are an expert on what you do. Look what you're doing. You're getting something complicated from physiology, training, everything. You simplify it and you're feeding it to your client, right? That's how they get results. Same concept has to go here, in my opinion, running a business, running a gym. Mm-hmm. Get all these complicated information and simplify it and constantly try to chip off the fancy part and make it a, a solid, simple system. Right. Yeah. And especially, you know, it's like when, when you're talking about membership, right? It's like this or that, you know, yes. there are so many gym owners who have these whole priceless sheets and all these different yeah. options. And then they wonder why people don't sign up. And it's like, of course yeah. they don't because they're overwhelmed and they don't know which option to choose. Yeah. I, I go to restaurants. So for example, some restaurant, you flip in pages, like three, four pages. Yeah. Of Oh my God, now I knew I wanted to eat chicken. Now I'm confused. I don't know which one I want. Right. So, uh, the, uh, so keep it simple, like in and out, you have three, three, four options, you know, a burger. Okay, you choose one right away. The, the ordering is quick. The everything right. is uh, quick. As you said, this, uh, this is a very, very important part of, uh, of <laughs> keeping uh, things simple. Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, the other part of that that you mentioned, um, making sure that you're doing absolutely everything possible within the current facility that you have before you either expand or uh, open other locations. You know, it's like you should be completely bursting at the seams and not have a single space in any offering that you have left before you even think about Absolutely. opening another facility Absolutely. or expanding. Even with those guys that they want to start a gym, don't go right away, rent a place. Do you have a garage in the back? Do you have your backyard? You can put a gazebo, put a couple right. of dumbbells and a barbell. And reach out to all your friends and start asking, hey, you want to come train with me? Don't be going and getting into overhead. It's easy to it's easy to go sign sign something and find a beautiful building. Those are easy. Those are you sign it and now you're in trouble. Before you do all that, just say, take it slow. I I I've made so many mistakes. I've made something that that's what uh, and with equipment, buying equipment, everything. Take it slow and one piece at a time. Add. Do not go rushing to this idea. Some of sometimes the idea in your head is amazing, but in real life it doesn't work that way. So mm-hmm. take it slow. Take it slow. Calm that every it's not going anywhere. And people and clients love it. Love it when they see you gradually growing. They root mm-hmm. for you. They like underdog. They don't like to come and see a gym set up completely fully on with the shiny equipment. Okay, this is another gym. But when they came to my gym, I lay out the mats. They're rooting for me. I buy equipment, they're rooting for me. So <laughs> they love to see you grow. So keep right. going. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now, uh, obviously, you've had quite the experience coming up through the industry and getting to the point where you are today. So I always love to ask this question to every gym owner that I speak with. It's 
if you could provide a piece of advice uh, to somebody that is considering going their own way and doing their own thing, opening their own facility, what would that be? You know, what would that either piece of advice be or what is the most important lesson that you've learned throughout your time in this industry and in ownership? Yes, one of one of the biggest things that helped me that was I think makes a huge uh, difference is selling your packages in a monthly plan, not doing one-on-one sessions. That is the oldest style of running, and that used to be like a, a when I was at Gold's Gym. That's how everybody trained people. That's how I knew it, and all the bodybuilders. That's the single session. Will, uh, the session uh, counting session will run you to the ground because. People won't be able to make it. Now the session will roll over. People would pay you a thousand bucks to train with you for uh, uh, two, three months. They drag it. They make it five months. And now uh, you're owing session to you. So structure, structure your uh, packaging, monthly packages, uh, two monthly packages. Make it very simple. Give them a two, three options. Uh, depend, and make it clear about who you're targeting, your avatar. Don't, yes. That is one of the things. Don't be pitching it to everybody. You know, it's just, you have to pitch it to a certain people. And you can find that out very easy by interviewing people who come to you. You can ask them why did they come to you and a simple question and where they're coming from, how did they got attracted to you. And then you will do more of that. Mm-hmm. And it, that these two, I think, would be a, a great start. Of course, there's so much, uh, so many amazing things you can do to constantly improve your gym and make it better. But take it slow and the monthly planning, I think, is a, one of the best way to go for all the uh, tra- personal trainers mm-hmm. that they planning to become a gym owner. Maybe that worked when you were a personal trainer, but when you're becoming a gym owner, you need to have a predictable income. Yes. So you know your rent, you know what's overhead. And by doing a single session, you will not have a predictable income. Mm-hmm. But monthly, you can tell, okay, I have 50 clients paying me at 200 bucks. That's $10,000 a month. Mm-hmm. So now my goal is to make that 75. So mm-hmm. people, that would be $15,000, for example. So then you go after the metric, go after a number, and then basically you make your gym better and better uh, mm-hmm. in order to hit that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's something that I talk about all the time is having consistent reliable, trackable income coming in on a monthly basis, right? You know, not only that, but it's like, who wants to chase 50 people down on a monthly basis to make sure that they're paying for the services that you're providing, right? Like Um, that's on a, on a weekly basis. I mean, not a monthly basis on a weekly basis, you know, if they're paying per session, uh, that's a lot to keep up with. So, I mean, having them commit to a longer period of time pays off in in, in a lot of ways, you know, it gets them better results because they're Uh, committed to a longer period of time. It's a more reliable income for the business. It saves you time. Um, It's just, that's a huge, huge thing that is so important. And one one more thing I would like to add is like, remember, you're a small gym in this community and you will be doing this for years. Hopefully you will be training the kids of your clients. So your reputation is everything. Do not run any marketing gimmicks do not run any kind of that and will damage your reputation. Guard it with everything you have. Even if you have to refund money, whatever you have to do, guard your, guard this reputation you have because, as I said, you'll be here for years to come and do not rush the process. People will get to know you. They will come to you. We become authority by putting yourself out there, by helping people. So do not try to go after quick money because 
in Persian, they say, you know, a, a liar always fools a greedy man. So uh, because someone will come along, they will say you a big lie. Oh, I'm going to fill up your gym and it's going to blast some kind of a marketing uh, uh, scam. And of course, you're going to get those people, but your reputation along the way, uh, you know, it gets damaged. And coming back from that is, is it's very hard. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a small gym, I would say that's another consideration that you have uh basically uh, always guard it mm -hmm. your vacation yeah yeah absolutely i mean you're in control of what you're selling in your gym right it's yeah. like you set the tone you set the expectation from day one of mm -hmm. what happens in your gym right so it's yeah. like stay true to who you are and make sure that you set your expectations from day one you know absolutely. um the other thing that you touched on there along the lines with the advertising marketing piece defining your avatar you know so many people try to cast a wide net and reach as many people as possible and a lot of times end up in situations where they're really not helping anybody because they're trying to help everybody right yeah. so getting super specific about who it is that you're speaking to in your content posting in your marketing your advertising is so important um because one you know it narrows down the niche of who it is that you're serving but then it also makes it a lot easier to produce content to produce ads to produce exactly. happy um when you have a super specific avatar defined it's easier to speak directly to that than try to cast a wide net exactly so most of the small gym owner they come and imitate this style of for example la fitness targeting everyone right. and my friend daniel always tells me uh, riches are in niches so you gotta the more you go into the niche the more deep like for example my style is only one thing i'm i'm not a strength conditioning i'm not i'm body i'm make you look good that's the mm -hmm. only thing i do at my gym right you come to lose body fat and gain muscle so make it a niche and then understand who you as you said who you're targeting for me is a busy professional who don't have much time and they're not gym rat they they look at gym as hey they want to feel good so they can become the producing their job better because the most of them are ceos their own business owners the gym is not their life Right. The, the gym is part of the life. So I have to understand that in order. And then I have, then my language will change. The way right. I market to them, as you said, uh, will change. Uh, if you already own a gym, you can interview hundred people. And that's what I did. hundred people. I knew exactly what the income is out for from the gym. They, they live every single thing about this person, how you find us, why you're staying. So asking this question, get the average and find out exactly who you're targeting and go after it. And with the similar language and constantly, of course, play with it till you figure out the formula, but it's much easier, as you said, than going after a broad, you know, audience. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Much and easier one, to speak. And go one ahead. more thing, one more thing I want to do not, this is the all the mistakes I'm sharing with you guys that I yeah. did. So do not, but you go with your guts. This is gut feeling stuff. I had. These are all, these are at the beginning, maybe when you have a couple clients, yes, but God, go with metrics. Look at data. Look at what you're doing. What's happening? Don't go with your feeling because <laughs> you watch a YouTube video and your feeling going to change. So uh, you, yes. you hear you hear you hear something from a, another business person and you will change your whole system. Mm -hmm. And if you hear and if you hear a complaint from one client, don't change your whole system because of that one thing. Right. right? So just metrics, metrics. Pay exactly. attention. Pay attention to what's going on. Don't just uh, change things around because you feel like it. You were you woke up this morning and. You feel like if you do it this way, it's better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The numbers, you know, and yeah. the numbers don't lie. They tell a story and they don't lie. 
you know? Yeah. So it's like so many gym owners don't even know how to track metrics, yeah. you know, yeah. or what to look at. And that's an issue, right? Because yeah, then very, I was uh, sorry, I keep it very simple. For example, I have my financial, which I call the CEO metrics. I've learned this from Al Sharfin. So, and you're basically putting very simple stuff. I'm not the math geek. I'm not very uh, about the tech stuff. I'm uh, terrible. So I know most of the gym owners, they're pretty much on the same boat with me. So guys, don't keep it, don't make it complicated. Just write down, for example, your revenue, how much you're making, how much your expenses is, how much your payroll is. And Put them compare, put them in a twelve month, you know, uh, columns and see, compare them. If your expenses went shoot up, just find out why. And if you, uh, and the same thing with the metrics with the marketing. If you're spending on a Google and Facebook, write down how much you're spending, how many leads you got from it, how many of them you closed. What's mm -hmm. ROI? It's very simple. It's, don't make it complicated. You just want to see a big picture. That is this making pro? Is this a profitable thing, or am I just? Um, dumping money into this marketing what's going on where, where am I going wrong so right. you start little by tweaking a little by little you figure out the formula right exactly yeah and if you don't have those specific numbers to take a look at then you know you don't have the story and you can't really tell what it is that's broken or what needs attention or yeah. um, you know and you end up wasting a lot of time and wasting a lot of money which exactly. nobody wants to do either of those things. Yeah, so. especially for us, Jim, the, the, the little gyms, it's losing every single penny count. So you've yes. got to put it to good use, yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right, awesome. So lots of great info and tips there for the listeners. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Absolutely. So six packs gym, uh, six packs underscore gym at on Instagram and uh, six packs gym of course S I X P A X gym at, on Facebook. And if they want to, um, I have it right now. My my site is up just to collect emailing lists for the book. And if they like to receive the book, book is free. They just basically uh, they can just uh, provide the email address, and uh, as soon as the book comes out, I'll basically send them a notification, uh, and they can have it for free. Uh, so the, they can go to sixpacksgym.com slash book. Uh, they can basically go and uh, put their name or an email address, and I'll uh, let them know as soon as it comes out. Um, and they can follow us on Instagram, see how I run the gym, the, the, the look at it, the vibe that I create, the way I kind of put myself out there to make myself authority and uh, kind of be in people's face is loud and proud every day. And I want to tell you guys that gym owners, sometimes they don't put themselves out there. I have posted 60,000 videos and pictures on my Instagram and Facebook, over 60,000 pictures. Everyone in this town knows me. Every yeah. single place I go to, doctor, anywhere I go, people know me. So that's what you want. Mm -hmm. You want to put yourself out there organically. Yes. You can be loud and proud and you talk into a moving train. Don't worry about people being annoyed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely a great piece of advice there. What is the name of the book? Small gym, big result. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Small gym, big result. Love that. That's awesome. All right. So Saimash from Six Packs Gym in Los Angeles, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you so much, Jim Lord. I know you guys are doing a fantastic job educating all, uh, all of us as small gym owners. Uh, I'm so honored to be a part of uh, this uh, this podcast. Uh, I got a big smile when I heard from you guys. So thank you so much, Brianna, for having me here uh, on the podcast. Thank you so much. And good luck to everyone listening.
Thank you so much. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Alex from Gains Fitness and Strength out of Bedford, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really good. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm excited to learn more about what you have. First of all, I want to start, you know, off by thanking you for taking some time out of the busy day-to-day of being a fitness business owner to sit down, have this conversation with me and give back to our industry a little bit. Appreciate that. Before we really dive into the business side of what you have going on, I would love to hear like a little bit of a background, Alex. Ultimately, like what led to you opening up this fitness business? Uh, cool, yeah. So I've got, um, got two gyms. One is a smaller gym in St. Neitz, which is 20 minutes north of here. Um, opened that in 2017. And that was a bit of a strange one, really. That was just, uh, I was working... For a Dutch company at the time and I was traveling a lot traveling all over Europe sort of probably doing two or three countries a week constantly run down um, constantly ill constantly wearing a suit and tie not enjoying life I've always trained all my life um, and I, I've always felt the work's got in my way of training because that's where I was always happiest and we're at the cinema one day and saw this uh, empty unit next to the cinema and thought that would work as a gym I sort of almost not jokingly, but not that seriously, rang them up on Monday and said, you know, what's the deal? And um, one thing led to another. And that was sort of probably March, 20, sorry, March 2017. And December, it was the 17th of December that year, we opened the doors. Um, okay. And that was, it was mad. It was, it was like, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, it was all sorts of hoops we had to jump through to get permission for this and permission for that. Um, we had doors shut all over the place. We, we came into Freemasons that tried to shut us. We had all sorts of things. Um, we had yeah, threats, like threats of the police. Of <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But we just pushed through. And it was, I, I remember, I've got memories that will last for the rest of my life where I was laying flooring at three in the morning, you know, in the run up to opening, thinking <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to do it. And, um, and we did. You know, I think we finished up at about four o'clock in the morning on, on the Friday. And we opened up Saturday morning, nine o'clock. Well, there you go. And props to you for like really building this thing out yourself. Um, a lot of gym owners kind of walk into a space that's already there and they just have to rebrand and make it their own. But like you really started this thing out. 
Um, there was nothing. There, there yeah. was, it was just a shell. There was nothing there. I mean, the second gym we've got, the one that, was, that I'm sat in now, right. um, this was an existing gym. So this was a, this used to be a world gym. Uh, it used to be a gold gold gym initially. Then it became a world gym, and it was really, really run down. I mean, it was it was like sewage coming up through the floor, and um, yeah. it, it was a mess. It was a real mess. Um, so I took that over. Bought bought this gym in 20, uh, 2019, just in time for COVID, and then um, put a load of money into it, and COVID came, and somehow we're still here. Yeah. Well, it's good that you like had the experience from the first one and then you can kind of pour some of that into, you know, the second facility and the second facility was already kind of built out. You just had to make it your own at that point. Um, but yeah, the past few years have been wild. So props to you for still standing, um, in this industry. Um, I would love to hear kind of your version of an elevator pitch, um, for gains, fitness and strength. Obviously all gyms are really different. And here on the podcast, we talk to, you know, CrossFit gyms, personal training studios, big gyms that offer a little bit of everything. So I kind of want to know more about what you have within your facility, what services you provide, just kind of paint a picture so that our listener really understands your business model as we move forward in this conversation. Sure. So, uh, I mean, both, both my gyms are, are strength and bodybuilding gyms. I'd say bodybuilding being the, you know, being the centric word. Um, we're surrounded by low-cost gyms, you know, um, 24-hour budget gyms that, believe it or not, I mean, I don't know what gyms are in America, but we've got gyms here that's, that are 13, 14 pounds a month. I mean, um, so we're surrounded by that sort of thing, all-purpose gyms. Um, my... Uh, my aim uh, with the gyms is to not be everything to everyone. We're a strength gym. Um, our, our main focus is definitely bodybuilding strength, you know, a bit of powerlifting. Um, we don't have any fancy gimmicks. Um, we don't have, you know, loads of tech in. It's, um, we, we do the basics and we do the basics really well. Um, and that's where we're different, you know. So while we're a strength gym, we've got, you know, we're packed with brands like, uh, Hammer Strength, Nautilus, Prime USA, you know, we're, it's all, you know, the best equipment and it's maintained very well and it's clean and, you know, we, we've got staff that know people by first name and it's a, it, it's a, it's a customer experience, you know, when you walk in the door, it's not, um, you're not just another number on a spreadsheet. Okay. So um, with that, you know, being that you really focus more so on the powerlifting, the bodybuilding side of things, um, are are your clients people that already have experience in the fitness industry, or do you find that you have kind of a good mix of beginners and people who have been, you know, doing this for a little while? I think we've sort of accidentally stumbled on something there with, with the gyms because um, I would say the answer is twofold. We have a lot of people that know exactly what they're doing. I mean, we have a huge number of people here that compete, um, a huge number, and the atmosphere is such that even people that are complete beginners can learn from those people. There's never, oh, look at him, what's he doing? Look at her, she's doing it wrong. We don't have any of that. So you've got mm -hmm. guys that come in completely naive to, you know, uh, sort of basic techniques, lifting techniques. Six months later, they're in great shape. They're, um, you know, they're lifting better. Their confidence is up. Um, and that's because they're surrounded by people that, that are encouraging them and pulling them up and, and that's what that was always the goal to create here so you know when we took over here there were some people that we didn't want here that, that were the opposite of that um, and we don't tolerate that at all so you know there's no sort of um 
I wouldn't say there's no negativity because you can never get rid of negativity, but there's very little negativity. It's a very positive space um, and people encourage each other. Good, good. Um, so the reason why I kind of like to ask that question is typically in facilities like yours, right, where, you know, the majority of our clients are kind of coming in and doing their own thing. It's really good for business, right, if we offer PT, if we have that offered, because that's going to bring in more revenue than a typical membership. And it brings our clients a little bit more value. We're able to help our clients reach their specific goals. So maybe mm-hmm. X client is getting ready for X power me, power lifting me, and we can give them some personal training to help them get there. Or maybe X client is looking to lose five pounds before their wedding and we can help them get there with, uh, you know, personal training. So is that a part of what you guys have to offer within your facility? It is. Yeah. I mean, it's not, um, it's, it's not a huge part though. It's not, you know, I've seen gyms half the size with three times more PTs. I mean, this is, this is a 13 odd thousand square foot gym and we have three PTs. Um, PTs are never, you're you're never going to come into this space as a PT without clients and pick up a ton of clients. That's not going to happen. You will pick up clients. Absolutely. And our most successful PT here, um, is a bodybuilder himself, a competitive bodybuilder and people come to him because he knows what he's doing. Um, I've seen PTs in other gyms and not to insult PTs, but I've seen a lot of PTs in my time that are a little bit fat and they do really, really well because people aren't intimidated by that. And they go, hmm, that's attainable. I can achieve that. Um, that I'm, you know, perhaps I'm very fat and the person that I'm looking at is marginally overweight, but he's a qualified PT. I feel that's attainable. I can relate to him. I'm not intimidated. And I've seen guys like that busy dust or dawn. Yeah. Um, that sort of PT wouldn't be successful here um, by contrast, just because of the setup of the gym. Generally, most people that come in here have a fairly good idea of what they're doing. Um, some don't, and that's fine. They learn. I mean, normally the ones that don't are sort of, you know, 17, 18-year-old lads, and they end up staying here for a long time. I mean, we've got people here that from before we took over that have been here 10, 15 years. Um, they've been training here since, since, since they were young lads. Okay. So it does sound like, you know, with that, you have a lot more people who are like a little bit more serious or experienced in the industry. Um, and that's, that's fine. Um, just kind of good to get a feel for, you know, your model. Um, so you kind of explain here that the facilities are pretty big space wise. Can you share the square footage again? Uh, so this one's 13,000 odd square foot. The other gym is much smaller. It's three and a half thousand. So the okay. other gym is a, is a town center gym. Um, just a really simple sort of box shape. Upstairs, downstairs. Upstairs is boxing and cardio. Downstairs is, is purely strength equipment. Whereas here, it's a much bigger space. So we've got a big upper section. We've got a big lower section. We've got separate um, saunas, sun bedroom. We've got a posing studio. We've got a, a a separate personal training studio, um, group cycle, yoga. Um, so there's a lot more space here. Okay. So with those facilities, how many members do you guys have right now? Um, I guess like separately between the two. Um, so on our smaller side, probably something like 700 and, and our bigger site at the moment, I mean, we're, we're a long way from where we need to be post COVID. We're probably sat at, I don't know, 1200. Okay. Um, so with that, 
kind of, since you said you're kind of a far, far away from where you'd like to be with the bigger facility. So let's kind of talk about that growth process a little bit. What are you actively doing to kind of attain more clients and find new clients to fill the facility? So because of where we are, we're, we're on an industrial estate here and I, I'm not, um, you know, we've tried all sorts of things over the years. We've tried, you know, referral schemes and um, advertising and what have you. And I found genuinely the best return for your money is investing in the gym and people tell other people. So, you know, if you've got, say, 10,000 pounds and you go, should I spend it on advertising or should I go and buy two new machines? I would buy two new machines and your members here will tell everyone my gym keeps investing. And that's what we've been doing post COVID. I mean, I don't think there's been many months that have gone by where I haven't put a new machine in here. Um, and that's, that's paying off. You know, we're, we're growing month on month. Um, there are constant improvements. Um, every week there's improvements in here, you know, visual improvements. Um, and because the gym's old, you know, we, we do have scope to make those improvements. Um, but I, my belief is, you know, if you just keep getting better and you keep making the experience better, you will grow um, inevitably. It's not a case of trying to sell something that's not as good as it could be because um, that's not sustainable. People will come and they'll, they'll leave again. But why would they leave if it's better than everywhere else? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that investing in the gym is very, very important. But, you know, when we look at how do we project the growth that we're going to get from that? It's a little bit challenging. We could buy a new piece of equipment, but then we can't project that that new piece of equipment is going to bring in 12 new clients or 20. You can't. I agree. I agree. Um, and that's kind of what goes with like referrals and word of mouth. Like I do agree that they are very, very important pieces of growth in the business, but it's hard to predict the rate at which people are going to talk and tell their friends. Mm -hmm. um, so how are you how are you reaching somebody who doesn't already have a connection to somebody in your facility because i think what you're saying that you do at your facility you know powerlifting bodybuilding there's definitely somebody out there in your area who has no idea that that's what you have to offer because they don't already know somebody at your facility so do you guys not advertise at all do you have social media like how are you reaching those people we're pretty big on social media so both gyms have their own have separate um, instagram pages uh, TikTok pages, Facebook pages. Um, we're really active on Instagram and TikTok. Facebook, not so much anymore. I don't, I don't think Facebook's uh, uh, as important as it used to be. Um, and then we do limited things. I mean, in, in St. Neers, for instance, we sponsor the local football team. So we've got banners around, the, around there. We used to sponsor the rugby team. So we're on the shorts, for instance. Um, we're sponsoring a bodybuilding show next month in, in Bedford. We're the main sponsors. So the show is actually called the Games Battle of Bedford. Um, so things like that. And that's great for us because there's, you know, you're probably going to get people in and out all day of maybe 500 people in the local area that are already very much interested in your product because they're at a bodybuilding show right. generally. So, you know, you're, you're not, um, you could, you could do, you know, supermarket promos and that sort of thing, but, of every, let's say, 10,000 people coming to the supermarket, there might be five of those that are interested in bodybuilding. So I think the um, and that's that's the sort of ratio we're looking at because we're not an all-purpose gym. We're, we're not, you know, we're not appealing to um, everybody at all. Um, that's not to say that people aren't welcome here. You know, everybody's absolutely welcome here. And usually um, people come here and they're very surprised. But yeah, we, we do bits and pieces here and there. But I'd say that, you know, 
the bulk of any spare budget goes back into the gym. Yeah. That's, that, that's really the message from me. And do you feel like you're getting a return on those investments? So for example, you spend, you know, like, I don't know how much a piece of equipment in the style gym is, but I know in the CrossFit space, like our equipment is very expensive. So I can imagine. It is. No, no, it is. It is. I mean, I've got uh, a new piece of kit coming next, next week and it was upwards of 5,000 pounds for a single piece. So. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're spending 5,000 pounds on this new piece of equipment, how soon would you see a return on that investment? Would you say? I mean, I don't really measure it that way because of that piece of equipment, I'll depreciate that over five years. Okay. So, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to really put a, put a cap on it like that. I'd say the other important thing for me is, you know, yes, I'm a business owner and, and yes, I want my businesses to be profitable and they are. Um, but I don't run them like perhaps a commercial gym owner would where I spend all day looking at the bottom line. I do spend a lot of time looking at the financials. Of course I do. But I enjoy training and I enjoy using the facilities as much as my members do. And I think that's what drives the, the improvements. People can see that. So I always think if I'm not happy with something, someone else is probably not going to be happy with it too. And I fix it or I improve it or I upgrade it. Um, and that's more my... I, you know, of course it needs to be profitable, but I'd say um, I put the customer experience first and I sort of let the profit look after itself after that. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a naive way. You know, I've, um, I've come from a background of, 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 you know, the corporate world and uh, I was sort of very, you know, astute to, uh, to, to the sort of back-end workings of things. Um, but I, I don't put that first anymore, you know, yeah. and I don't think... Um, and I think if you do, as an independent gym owner, you could well come unstuck. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, there's a few different types of gym owners. There's like, you know, the one gym owner that's in this for the money, right? And that's some some people. And then there is another gym owner that's in this because they really enjoy what they do and they want to help change other people's lives. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it sounds like you're more so on that side of, the spectrum, right? The financials kind of handle themselves as long as, you know, we're bringing in new clients and we have an awesome service, we're going to make money and you don't really have exactly. to focus that too heavily. Um, but, you know, I do think that um, I, I like to kind of ask these questions just because I think that it's related for other, you know, gym owners to kind of see where you're at. Um, now with the, the, the form of growth that you've been using, you know, really investing into the gym, um you how many new clients would you say that you guys are able to welcome per month with that current method um between the gyms i'd say probably somewhere in the region of probably 80 okay so it's grow so it's working it's growing so people are spread people are um you know spreading the word and i think with that you know in this industry word of mouth it's always going to be our favorite thing because it's free yeah so our clients are going to talk about and, us we're going to grow and it's genuine do you know what it is like i mean what i'm a huge fan of is mm -hmm. um if, if it's all possible is getting members to speak on camera I'm a huge fan of that because um, whether it's natural or whether you say, are you willing to sit down for 10 minutes and share your experience in the gym? Um, because I can say anything all day long. I, I can put together an advertising campaign saying we're the best, we're this, we're that. Of course, I'm going to say that it's my gym. 
But once someone else says that and they're not being paid to, you can't, you, you, there's no ways you can top that. I mean, that is absolute gold. So for me, you know, the focus is, has been, uh, I've always had a big focus on reviews. I think reviews are gold dust. Um, you know, I, I always ask people, would you mind leaving us a review? Even if it's just in conversation. If people leave the gym, I think that's, I mean, that's a, if someone told me that when I started, that I, I, I'd, I'd be further ahead than I am now, I believe. Um, you know, if someone's leaving the gym and they say, I'm sorry, I'm canceling my membership. It happens all the time. You know, I'm canceling my membership because I'm moving out of town. Uh, my wife's having a baby. I'm having a baby. Uh, whatever. Um, I've taken a job that's 100 miles away. And my experience in the gym has been amazing. Thank you so much. And you said, that's great. Um, you know, I appreciate that. Wish you all the best. Would you mind leaving us a review? Um, and generally, you know, we don't ever get people leaving because they're unhappy. They leave because their life situation or circumstances change. So, you know, why wouldn't you want that person to leave your review? Um, and that review is there forevermore. And that's, that's the best advertising you can get. Yeah, no. In, in my sure. opinion. Yeah. And I think like when people are shopping around and try to find a gym, they're going to check their reviews. They're going to check hmm. the Instagram page. They're going to try to see if they can picture themselves in that facility they want to relate to other members that are there um they exactly, want to yeah. know that they'll feel comfortable so i definitely agree there um i want to use this time here you know before we run out of time i want to ask you you know alex what are some of you know the goals that you're chasing i know off air you kind of mentioned to me looking at adding more valued services for your members. <clears throat> and I would love to kind of chat about that a little bit here. Cause I think, again, that's relatable for other people here listening to the show. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've always believed from, from, from the get go, and I think we've got better and better over the years. I've always believed in creating a space where you can get everything you need for your fitness journey in, in one place. So not everything, but as much as you can, so you can get your supplements, you can get, you know, your personal training, if that's what you want, um, clothing, um, sunbed, if that's, if that's what you're into, saunas, you know, everything that adds on to that, massage maybe. Um, so for instance, um, I mean, I'll, I'll go through what we've got here. So obviously we sell a lot of supplements. Um, in the bigger gym, I've got a concession. So I, um, I rent out a space to someone and he does it much better than I could because someone might come in and go, oh, I like this product, but you don't have some obscure flavor you know strawberry lime or something and the guy has a concession will say oh that's fine i'll get that in for you tomorrow whereas as a gym owner having that sort of system in place would be very tricky yeah. um so that provides a better service to to members um sunbeds saunas uh, behind the desk we do mix up shakes we do mix up pre-workouts eaas um coffee um Something else that I'm adding in is going to be massage. So we're having a, a room done for a massage therapist, which is going to be, you know, there'll be a couple of evenings a week where they hold a clinic. Um, so, you know, you come to the gym and, and everything is here under one roof. And that's, and that's not so much, there's two sides to that. There's, of course, you're making more money and you're, you're not leaving money on the table. But the other thing is you're creating a space where people have people are comfortable they're happy they're part of a community and they've got everything in one place it's convenient for them so you're creating you're removing any reasons to leave um go and train at another gym well why then i won't get my i have to get my supplements somewhere else i'll have to have a massage somewhere else um you know everything's here 
um, sunbed, you know, it's, and for me, that's, um, that's key, especially if you've got the space like, like we've got here. Yeah, definitely. And the more value that we can provide to our members that are going to help them see the results that they want, um, the better, the longer they're going to stay, the better our retention is going to be. Yeah. Um, do you guys currently offer like nutrition plans or anything like that? I know where you are working with some bodybuilding people, that's a big part of it. So, um, is that an add-on service that you guys have available? No, so I mean, with, with I, I don't know how it works in America, but here generally the, the PT model is if you're a PT in the gym, you pay rent to that gym and then that PT sells their services direct to people and they're sort of affiliated with the gym, but they don't work for the gym. Okay. Um, in terms of nutrition, we don't do anything ourselves. There are sort of, uh, there's been an explosion of online coaches uh, since since COVID and um, they're all offering nutrition as well. And it's a bit of a sticky subject for me because you know, I, I have friends that are qualified nutritionists and they've done three year courses. And then you got, you know, Joe down the road, who's won a show and all of a sudden he's an online coach and he's a PT and he's doing nutrition and meal plans. And you just think it's insulting to people that have, that have really put the work in. Um, I mean, I'm going off track a little bit here, but, um, in short, no, um, the reason is I don't think there's enough scope for a full-time nutritionist here. Um, but people do make use of services of, of, of other people um, in, in the space. Got it. Got it. So last question. It's a little bit more of a loaded question. So take it as you will. Um, I'm ready for it. <laughs> if you had a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for gains, fitness and strength came true. What would that picture look like for you down the road? I don't know. That sounds like, like my worst nightmare because I wake up every day and I enjoy the challenges. Um, and I enjoy fixing things and making things work. But I would say, um, uh, that's, that's a tricky question. I mean, there's, there's so many small factors that I wanna, I'd want to change. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd probably say a bigger space, even bigger than the one I've got now, with more flexibility. Um, because I'm now sort of down to trying to make my own dream work in a space that I didn't build. Um, so if I could do it again, I'd, I'd start from scratch and I would build a bigger space with, um, you know, more sort of specialized areas for certain things. Uh, and I think we could do it better. And, and maybe one day that, that, that will be the fun. That, that, that's how things will unfold. But right now I'd say... Um, I'd say things are going really well for us. So I'm, I'm quite happy. I mean, the, the space is really unfolding nicely every month. It's exciting. And um, if, if I had a, a small magic wand, I'd, I'd have a bigger car park. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think it's cool that you're kind of like living the dream right now, right? Everything is kind of going good. You are happy, you're content. Um, and that's always a good thing. So where can our listeners go to find more about what you have to offer um, online? Uh, so gains-gym.com is our website. That's G-A-I-N-Z. Perfect. Easy enough. Um, yeah, nice and simple. And then from that website, all of our social links are on there as well. So, um, but Instagram is, is just Gains Bedford or Gains St. Nance. Um, exactly the same, nice and simple. Easy enough. Well, I appreciate you for being here today, Alex, for sharing your insight on the industry. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, 
fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.